The Athletic. The Athletic Women's Football Podcast is proudly partnered with Now. With a Now Sports membership, you can watch the biggest moments from the Women's Super League live. Find out more at nowtv.com. They've had their warning. They've had their warning. Here's Lucy Bryans. That is remarkable from Arsenal. Oh, it's Hello and welcome to the Athletic Women's Football Podcast in partnership with Now. You join myself, Lindsay Hooper, and producer Abby at Kings Meadow, where we've just witnessed Chelsea go four points clear, for the time being anyway, at the top of WSL after a narrow 2-1 victory over Spurs. A team, Abby, that they've played twice in just four days. On just first review, would you say that that Spurs performance this time here, surprisingly because it was at Kings Meadow, was even better? I think maybe recency bias, the second half was certainly better from Spurs. There was uh, a little moment where you felt maybe they could get a a second equaliser. But yeah, if you're literally looking at the stats, Spurs didn't have a shot on target in the first game. This game, they've had a shot on target and they scored with the very first one as well. Yeah, at first half, Chelsea was so dominant that you felt they needed to make it count more. There were opportunities, I think two penalty shouts. So first of all, um, let's talk about the one that happened in the first half. It was a Guru Wrighton um, corner and Millie Bright with a header and then that ball deflected off Rachel Williams' arm, which was raised in a high position. Now, what you've got to do is have a little bit of sympathy here with the officials because it wasn't until the replay that I saw on Sky that I noticed it and I know everyone else started to. There weren't many claims at the time. So do you have a bit of sympathy there? I definitely, I, I didn't even know that there had been that handball claim until I um, I put on my Now TV app to watch the halftime uh, analysis with Karen, Caroline and, uh, and Matt Beard. And that was like, oh, there was a handball ball in there and I chatted with uh, the Athletics Flo Lloyd Hughes in the press box as well and she was completely oblivious to Mm -hmm. it as well so uh, 100% sympathy for the officials in that one but there was a blatant handball that the officials did miss in the second half which uh, we all in the press box turned to each other a little bit confused as to how that how that one had been missed Uh, but yeah no totally have sympathy for that first half one. Yeah the second half one we also have the benefit of the replay that was outside the Mm -hmm. box I think that was Keris Harrop who actually scored for Spurs um, guilty of that one but looked more accidental. There was also a possible shirt tug on Penilla Harder. She was gesturing to the bench that she thought that was a penalty straight away. Uh, She had got on the wrong side of the defender, but I suppose that one you could see them being given and if it was a VAR situation, which this isn't. It's one of those where if the referee had called it, it would have been given, but it wouldn't have been overturned the other way. I think it was one of those. It's all well and good talking about these missed penalty chances, but... Chelsea lost, missed a lot of chances. They were very wasteful in front of goal. I'm thinking about Guru Wrighton slipping in the first half where she was just one-on-one with the keeper. Erin Cuthbert hitting the post in the second half. I felt Chelsea might be disappointed that they didn't score more, that they didn't lay down more of a marker and increase their goal difference. Because uh, we always say that it may well come down to goal difference in the WSL. Mm. I think Emma Hayes might be annoyed that there wasn't they didn't take their chances as well as we know they can. Although if we listen to Emma, she's not paying any attention to goal difference. So it won't make (laughs) any difference to her. There was a goal for Sam Kerr, a legit one, which I managed to speak to her about after the match. She was player of the match for Sky. Uh, But there was another one which she was deemed offside. Again, we get the replays. She was onside. Uh, Fortunately, in this situation, it 
doesn't matter. They still get the three points. But it just makes you wonder how these mistakes keep happening and happening because we had the same at the weekend with Arsenal. And now we have it again here with, with Sam Kerr. She'll be annoyed, but they're very fortunate that uh, it's not a game-changing um, referee error. Her goal-scoring form at Kings Meadow is oh. astonishing. So 23 goals in 22 appearances, which is a goal every, I don't know, 70 minutes or something. Someone's going to come back and go, ah, I think you'll find it's, well... Maths is an strong know, point, okay? It isn't, it isn't. But it is such an incredible record for her. I spoke to her about it in the post-match interview and she just said, well, it's because I live 10 minutes from here and I feel very relaxed. <laughs> I once walked past her. My office is, um, or our office is just opposite Australia House. And I didn't really realise this. And I walked past someone, I was like, that looks a lot like Sam Kerr. And I turned around and was like, oh yeah, Australia House, that's Sam Kerr. <laughs> Do all Australians have to hang around Australia? I hands? think so. I think yeah. it's the I think it's a rule uh, in that. But I mean, we can talk about the Sam Kerr goal, but we should really be talking about the Penelope Harder assist. We should also go back another eighteen seconds and talk about the Spurs <laughs> equaliser because so much happened. So much happened in that like minute or two. So first of all, we've spoken about the home form here. Seven games prior to this, they hadn't conceded a goal. Chelsea at Kings Meadow. Mm. Then they left. A defender, Keris Harrop, unmarked. She ran onto that cross for a free kick from Simon. It was beautiful delivery. And uh, really loved Karen Carney's analysis at half time in that she's like, oh, she's gone in, she's gone closer to the box, no one's picked her up. She came back out again, she's gone in closer to the box, no one's picked her up again. And so uh, for Spurs, they were like, oh, great, no one's paying any attention to Keris. Let's just knock the ball to her and it's an easy, easy header in. Um, all well and good. But, and they're probably thinking, Great, we've scored just before halftime, the time where you always want to score. Yes. Football cliche, clang. And then, as you say, 18 seconds later, they kind of leave Sam Kerr unmarked. And uh, you don't do that with Sam Kerr. No, and you're right about Penilla Harder and the, the role that she played because oh. it was a lovely turn. She let the ball roll and she just rolled her defender. Flick. It was a lovely flick. And it was a precision ball as well for Sam Kerr to head on to. And... It was decisive that moment because you felt if they'd have gone in level at the break, they would have been deflated. I wonder if they'd gone in level, whether there might have been a bit more of a rocky up the bum and they might have had to come out and just score a lot more goals. Whereas they come out in second half, they're ahead. They don't have to get out of second or even first gear in that in that second half. Mm, that might have all played into it. Um, let's talk about Guru Wrighton, who I think has been fantastic for Chelsea this season. Mm-hmm. And... You pointed out she should have scored. She had a few opportunities. She also had a few more brilliant deliveries in this game. Phenomenal. Is she giving Emma Hayes some selection dilemmas going into the final few games of the season? Should she be on the starter list? 100%. When we were last together in a in your car, in a, in a WSL <laughs> a car park, car. Yeah. <laughs> um, we were very much waving our Kim Little fan club like badges in the air. I think I think today it's the Guru Wrighton fan club that I'm going to be signing up and uh, becoming a member of. Um, she she f- just was phenomenal on the pitch today. I think she's definitely giving Emma Hayes some selection headaches. I wonder if there's even a headache there. I think she's proved enough in the last two games. I mean, the goal, the, the scuff shot, that was definitely not a scuff shot against uh, Spurs on Sunday. And then today, just pure delivery after delivery. 
um, she really excelled to me, for me. Right, you're trying to make it the Guru Wrighton fan club then this time, as we had a Are you not signing one. up? No, I'm, it's not that I don't appreciate what she's done, and I know a few Chelsea fans, and I know that they all think that she's a contender for player of the season. Mm. Um, I just think that Erin Cuthbert works so hard, oh. and she is the engine, and we all need that, that engine room to a team. And I look to her sometimes. When Chelsea just starting to see their levels drop off it's her she sets the tempo she starts again she keeps chasing down everything that work rate is incredible and I would say that she would be my my fan club member for this one yeah for me it was between Cuthbert and, and Wright and the little Scottish terrier just absolutely all over the pitch um, Tifo uh, who are sort of part of the athletic they make a lot of really good tactical videos they sort of talk about how football has developed football analysis developed not being about sort of numbers and playing in those roles but it's actually having responsibilities and I think Erin Cuthbert embodies that kind of um, progression in how we're thinking about football so well because I kept looking to where she was and she was all over the pitch she was not sort of restricted to being on the right or the left she was as you say the engine she was the thing the making tick 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 um on the pitch for for Chelsea and um yeah I would I would totally Tifo if you're listening please make a tactics video about her <laughs> well on co-commentary duty and the person responsible for picking player of the match and she went with Sam Kerr was Sue Smith and you managed to catch up with her on the full-time whistle I was nowhere to be seen I was doing the post-match interviews so these are her thoughts uh, with you earlier on yeah Lindsay I'm here with Sue Sue what do you make of the game? What's your sort of your post-match summary? I think I'd say that that Chelsea have, have shown that sort of champions performance yet again, which I think they they showed against Tottenham at the weekend in terms of when things go against them. Obviously at the weekend when they went a player down, they went a goal down. They show that. I suppose it's it's that never say die attitude, if you like. Of course, Emma Hayes has, has got a great squad that she can change things, whether that's sort of tactically, whether that's personnel. And again tonight, you know, I just thought. Tottenham deserved a lot of credit, in particular in that second half. I thought, you know, that the possession stats were were right up there. I think the fact that in the first half, Chelsea had so many opportunities in that sort of final third. And yet it was only 1-0 at one point. And then obviously when Tottenham got the equaliser, you thought, wow, game on here. But then, yeah, again, was it something like 60 seconds or something between yeah, <laughs> between the, the sort of equaliser and, and Chelsea just responding? And that's that mental toughness that they've got, you know, the likes of, of Sam Kerr and, well, the team in general. And I just think that was another champion's performance, in my opinion. Did the team selection to you indicate that Emma Hayes may have been, um, I don't know, maybe slightly worried from Sunday's performance? It felt like she brought back the big guns and was like, I'm going to lay down a marker. I'm going to make sure that there are no mistakes this time. I think so. And you could see by the way that they started the game, they were so positive. Mm. I think they had an opportunity within the first two minutes or something, didn't they? 20 seconds. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and I think that was what she'd said to them. Go out there and show Tottenham, you know, why we are such a good side and and put them under pressure. And and that's exactly what they did. And and of course, she she picked a very strong side. We we know that they've got strong players anyway and they they can change. But that that was a top side because Tottenham, certainly in that first half at the weekend, frustrated them um, you know give them a really good game and it was just the second half I think that they were disappointed it was the other way around this week so um, yeah just just another good performance from a Chelsea perspective maybe not performance wise but just to get the job done and I think that's what you have to do at these parts of the season it's just about getting the three points it doesn't even really matter how you play it's just as long as you get the three points then put the pressure on Arsenal so it's over to them now it is 
Do you think Chelsea will be, if we're going to be nitpicky, do you think they're going to be annoyed that they weren't able to score more, that they weren't able to really lay down a marker in terms of goal difference? I think because they're ruthless and I think because Emma Hayes is meticulous in everything that she does. So I think she'll have reviewed that first half and said the amount of, of I suppose, touches that they had in the final third in the opposition's box, the amount of chances that they created, we should be scoring more goals because that's the sort of manager that she is. She's always looking for, you know, how can we do better? How can we improve? So I think that's what she would have said. If we could have gone in 4-0 at half time, we can relax and we can rotate and we can change. But actually, it gives Tottenham a little bit of, of confidence, I suppose, going into that second half because they really they really changed the game round, I thought, um, had more possession um, and were better. So it was a little bit of... of not panic from Chelsea because I don't think there was any panic there, but I just think that, that Tottenham could have got themselves back into the game. And um, But you just look at key moments and I thought the Erin Cuthbert where she hit the post, mm. I thought that was a key moment for, for it spinning around. The momentum then went on, on to Chelsea because they just needed a lift and she's one of those players that can just give players a lift, uh, give, yeah, give the team a lift. Yeah, Erin Cuthbert was magnificent. Yes, yeah, she was. You mentioned Arsenal. It's obviously a four-point gap now. Yeah. What are the Arsenal players going to be thinking right now? Are they going to? Is it? Does this result affect their mentality in any way? I'm sure they will have been watching, and when it went to one all, I'm sure they were all cheering, as were many <laughs> Arsenal fans. Um, but yeah, they've just got to keep doing what they're, they're doing. They've just got to keep winning games and just hope that that Chelsea slip up. You know that is their sole focus now. You know they're they're sort of winning is the most important thing and that's what they'll know and it, it's been like this all the way through the season hasn't it is one team wins puts pressure on the other team and it's great for, for an exciting end to the season but um yeah I don't think anything changes from an Arsenal perspective just keep winning games final question does this do enough to get Chelsea the title I still think there's they got is it Manchester United last game of the yes. season which is that's going to be a biggie especially if, if Manchester United can get those Champions League spots um, so that's going to be a tricky game for them but you just can't see now either side slipping up um, I said that and Arsenal slipped up against Birmingham which was such a shock result and yeah. I think that will be a point in the season where they'll look back on and go that's where we lost the title it's the only game they've lost yeah it is and I think that's what they'll they'll look back and they'll review and they'll be like that's what we can't do you cannot drop points because you know that the other side and I think Manchester City will be there next season as well they won't drop those sort of points they won't so thank you very much I'll let you get into your warm car and get off get off home <laughs> thank you very much cheers lovely to hear from Sue and that wasn't in a car by the sounds of it it was next to a car okay. so similar okay but I thought different atmos but at least you were looking at King's Meadow as we are right now yeah. we want to speak title race of course we do I think we ha- we shouldn't be done with Spurs yet because they come in to play with that they've played Chelsea twice okay they didn't get anything but the North London derby now all eyes on that and whether they can have a say and they've already proven this season that they can have a say because they drew 1-1 with Arsenal earlier a match that they really should have won it was a uh, Viv Miedemar late equaliser that got Arsenal a point in that game. Again, another game that they could, possibly should have lost. So Spurs will be having confidence going into next Wednesday's game at the Emirates that they can take a scalp, that they can take the title away from their North London rivals. And what greater motivation is there than that? And Real Skinner afterwards, um, when I was speaking to her, saying, we're not letting up. We want as many points as possible between now and the end of the campaign. Um, so that's good news for Chelsea fans if they think that there is going to be something that happens there. Um, if you're Yannis Eideval and you've been um, at home with your feet up with a cup of tea, maybe a, a nice shortbread biscuit or something like that. I'm a bit hungry. Um, what was he thinking? Is, is he quaking at all at the fact that, that Spurs aren't a very easy team to play? 
I don't know if Jonas has ever quaked. Mm. He'll be certainly keeping his eyes on Keris Harrop, making sure that she is marked <laughs> in any set-piece situation. But he'll be looking at the fact that the Chelsea goals came effectively, or certainly a lot of Chelsea chances came from set pieces, from balls being crossed into the box. And he'll be thinking, I've got Viv Miedemar, I've got Plaxtenius, I think I can get, get a, an advantage over there. And he'll be looking at the fact that he's got those international players in his ranks and thinking, I've got the quality, now let's go and get the win. Will he adopt a Chelsea tactic from this one, which was short corner, short corner, your favourite? Short corner. I mean, literally the week I've said I hate them so much. I didn't hate the one for the goal. No, that was fantastic. Uh, Jonna Anderson, uh, perfect pinpoint cross in. And I was writing in my notes, I was like, Chelsea going to be missing the fact that she's leaving at the end of the season now? Mm. She was very good today, I thought. She's a good option to have. Very good option when you can go do a cross like that. But um, I mean, yeah, Spurs not picking up on her possibly can be slightly to blame there. Yeah, short corners. Why not? Let's 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 start a new love for short corners. No, I don't. I still don't like them. Still don't like them. I'm going. I'm going to insist. I still don't like them. Um, someone who seems to like them is Emma Hayes because we saw so many tonight. You got to speak to her in the post-match press conference and put a couple of questions in. Um, what did you ask her? Let's find out. The players are amazing. I don't know how they do it, to be honest with you. I think for the staff, this stage of the season, we've been going flat out since July. Like it's, These seasons are like the men's game now, really long and hard. And But these are the positions you want to be in. Like We work so hard to be in this position, so I'm just delighted we got over the line tonight. As we're talking about, the games are happening constantly. I'm wondering if you're worried about a player tiredness at all, Emma. Absolutely not. And I'll tell you why, because you're playing for something. And when you are, like, you run that bit harder, you fight that bit harder. I would hate to be in the team going the team going into the last two games without anything to play for. Because that's why I know we will recover, because you can, you know, there's something to gain. So, no, don't worry about that at all. Now, rightly, all the plaudits will be going towards Sam Kerr and Penilla Harder for their combination in that second goal. I wondered if you might be uh, able to sort of shine a light on a, a player that was underrated uh, that won't be making the headlines tomorrow morning. Yeah, I will. I'll pick out Sophie Ingle. I think uh, Soph in these last two games just knows how to get the job done. Weren't pretty Sunday. I thought second half she stepped up. I think tonight she did what she had to. One of the challenges when she had to, it wasn't the same 50-50 game. But I think this gives Sophie Ingle a little bit of credit tonight. She's a bit of an unsung hero in this team. All the names that we ran through and neither of us said Sophie Ingle. No, I feel bad. Tut, tut. I feel like I'm a bad football journalist and <laughs> I didn't pick out Sophie Ingle. The, also, the thing with underrated players is we wouldn't have picked them out. No, exactly. That's why I'm asking the experts these questions because I was writing Wrighton, Cuthbert, uh, Harder and England. Beth England, we haven't even mentioned her and I thought she she was getting in faces tonight. Mm. Um, and yeah, and that's why Emma Hayes is the pundit of the year for most award ceremonies at the moment. And very relaxed. She was in a really good mood really good this mood. evening. Really, really good mood. Yeah, with her little like star jumper on, I liked that. But yeah, very relaxed. I mean, you would be, your team didn't have to get out of second gear tonight. And they got the three points. They did sort of enough that they needed to. And as you know, as I asked her, you worried about tiredness? Absolutely not. She was cool as a cucumber. 
That that is it. She is very relaxed. She's um, she's also talking to me pre-match about the subconscious. I was asking about previous title races and the mistakes and the the lessons that she's learned along the way. And she said they're all subconscious. So she doesn't really know what they are. She just knows that when they're happening in front of her very eyes, how to adjust to it because she's thinking, I've seen this before. Very Matrix-like. Coming into this game, and I was thinking I might be talking about Musevich for the fact that she pulled off a great save, which she did actually. She tipped um, mm. Ian's effort over the bar. Um, but actually, I think it's more to do with her social media. She loves it. She loves her tweet. And she was saying about the fact that Chelsea men and women were playing on the same night and she thought that that was a scheduling error. error. I felt a little bit for the FA with that one, if you're reading that, because this was a rearranged fixture their hands are tied, the schedulers are tied. I know at Sky, you know, there's only a certain amount of spaces this game could go. But did you understand where she was coming from at all? I totally understand where she's coming from. But my sympathies on the on the sympathy dial, I'm again more in the FA's direction because this is it's just a rescheduled game. It's unfortunate that it came, came so far towards the end of the season that we, we did run out of time for this game to be rescheduled. Could it have been done next week, maybe? That's my only question from that because Arsenal and City are playing next week in their respective fixtures. So that's perhaps the only thought I have on that. But yeah, it's it's frustrating to know that there could have been more fans here tonight because a large majority of them will have made the journey up to Old Trafford tonight instead of perhaps coming to King's Meadow. I'm also a fan. I think you're not really a football fan until you've done multi-screen viewing. No. And that's something that you have to do. I saw Robin Cowan's feed um, on social media tonight. She had three screens on the go. So if you're a Chelsea fan, you've got two. That's not too bad. This is where the Now app comes in really handy. You've got, I mean, I was doing it tonight. I had it on my phone to watch, um, to just get the replays from uh, the action. But I could have just as easily had the Chelsea uh, Man United game in the in the Premier League on my phone instead. Mm. So, you know, that's it's very useful. What we would like to know, though, in the future for anyone developing technology, maybe of the eyeball, is if you have got multi-screen, we want to know which game you were drawn to more. That would be great science, wouldn't it, to find out if you had Chelsea men on against Manchester United at Old Trafford, Chelsea women at Kings Meadow against Spurs in the title race, only a few games to go. Where are you looking well I think we can leave that one there just so that we can get out of King's Meadow as well before they shut us in too Um, so any other business that's happened this week um, in the few days that we haven't had a podcast out we've we've had news Um, Tobin Heath has left Arsenal she suffered a hamstring injury the club have let her go early before the end of the season how do you rate her time at the club because she's another American that's been in the league and in my opinion not been utilised fully I think perhaps disappointment might be the overwhelming uh, emotion because we I don't think we got the best of her. However, she did get that equaliser against Man City and that was so important uh, in the title race and keeping Arsenal's momentum going. And so for, you know, if you're going to make a contribution, you're going to make goals. I think she scored three goals. Um, those are the goals to be scoring. And you don't know perhaps on the pitch, like... On the pitch, perhaps there was that disappointment, but off the pitch, you can't deny the fact that having someone like Tobin Heath at Arsenal Football Club will have been invaluable from the experience and the wisdom that she could be giving to the younger players, even even the experienced players at Arsenal. So, yeah, whilst we didn't get the best of her on the pitch, I think, I mean, how great was it to have her anyway? Mm. 
Also, uh, Brooke Chaplin, who earlier in the season had her season cut short in really tragic circumstances, um, she's she's been battling um, a cancer and has since come out now and said that is it, football is done for her. And her post, if you haven't seen it, it really is a, a lovely moment where she's just saying about what football's given her and now she's going to have to give it up. I just wonder with her... I look back on the season one of the things that straight away comes in my head is I was at a game at Reading where she scored it was like a Frank Lampard effort and it had crossed the line and I can't help but replaying that all over and over and thinking she should have had that let's go back in time and give her that as a parting gift I think we should do that with all goals Give Frank Lampard that goal. Give Brooke Chaplin that goal. Uh, yeah, it's, as you say, very tragic circumstances. And it's such a shame because we've had the retirement of Anita Asante and how much we spoke about um, her being able to go out on her terms. It's it's always gutting when a player doesn't get to do that. Mm, absolutely. Um, I'm sure her team will be rallying around her, though. And she's been such a great servant for Reading Football Club. Um, but we wish her well uh, for the future. England are to play Switzerland on the 30th of June, a week before the Euros start. That has been confirmed. It will be in Zurich. Look, what do we think about this a week before? I was thinking about that. I was like, that's that's close. You don't want to be picking up any injuries. Are you even selecting your first 11 for that team? Because the they're playing Belgium and Netherlands. They're playing some tough games beforehand. Again, I'm thinking that's surely going to get some injuries in there as well. So I'm, I'm just wondering how useful this is, especially as it's a home Euros and you're playing in Zurich. I'm not quite sure what the kind of purpose or the experience of it is given the home tournament that's happening literally a week later. Yeah, maybe that, that one you just do a second 11. Yeah. and just Maybe see a how third 11. <laughs> I don't think Serena's got that many choices, to be honest. (laughs) Well, as soon as this WSL title has been decided, then we are allowed to focus on the Euros. But until then, we'll just give you these reminders of sold-out stadiums and where games are happening, and then we'll get really hyped up and get into it. Uh, But there is more Chelsea for you first. This Sunday, they travel to relegation threat in Birmingham. You might be thinking, walk in the park. Try and tell that to Arsenal because at St Andrews, They had a nightmare. Um, You never know. You never know what might happen. You can watch all the live action on Sky Sports with a Now Sports Day membership for just £11.99. Join me next week on Tuesday. There'll be more reaction to all the latest WSL matches. There'll be a look ahead as well as we get to those final fixtures. But for now, it's goodbye from me and Abby. Um, Join us, please, next time. The Athletic Women's Football Podcast is proudly partnered with Now. With a Now Sports membership, you can watch the biggest moments from the Women's Super League live. Find out more at nowtv.com. Listener.